Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. And welcome back to the show. We are so glad you're here. And listen, if you're not a regular um, listener of the show, know that I love to hear from you guys. So if you want to go to my website, which is just www.amyeecarlson.com, I have got a link to connect in with me and set up a free chat. And if there's not topics I'm bringing to you, let me know. If there's things you're struggling with, I want to know that as well and see if there's ways that I can help you get through those struggles. So tonight we have got, and I always tell the time of day that we're recording. It'll never come out on that time of day, but you know, why not, right? So my guest tonight has really an incredible, incredible story. So she had symptoms happening most of her entire adult life. It took uh, better than six years of working with medical doctors to truly get a correct diagnosis for what was going on with her. She had over 75 daily symptoms. I mean, I get one or two and think I'm dying. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to have over 75, 30 co-infections along with her diagnosis of Lyme disease. So she's going to really tell us what she's done in terms of healing and diving into more of a holistic life approach for herself. She is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. So she has taken her love of healing and thrown that into her own practice. She also volunteers for the Twin Cities Lyme Foundation. And her number one goal is to help others see that regaining their health is possible and that you are worth it. Ashley, we are so glad you're on the show. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You bet. So what a powerful story. And I gathered just maybe a little bit uh, during our conversation before we started recording that um, you probably have some symptoms that you still deal with on a day-to-day basis even now today. Um, I would say right now, the symptoms that I have would be migraines, and I haven't determined if those are hormone-related from all the years of damage, um, Mm -hmm. thyroid, things like that, Um, and they kind of come and go. Sometimes they're daily, sometimes they're not, sometimes they turn into migraines, sometimes they don't. Um, The dysautonomia has gotten much better. That was caused from the Lyme. So I'm able to work out now without fainting, which is a good thing. I can do the sauna without fainting. So that's impressive. <laughs> that, that, that's always good. That's always good. We don't want to be causing any damage or freaking anybody out. Yep. So really, it's just the headaches at this point that I'm trying to figure out. Okay. All right. So talk to us about when you started really noticing any kind of first symptoms that telling you there's something maybe not right here. So in my early 20s, it started with headaches that we know were more persistent um, and those turned into migraines and I couldn't ever figure out why I couldn't get them to go away. So I saw my mom's neurologist. My mom was diagnosed with MS um, 
probably about 19, 20 years ago now, which we later found out was late stage neurological Lyme um, because Lyme is often misdiagnosed. um, But I can get into that story later. We will. We will, because I've got it jotted down to to get to. There's so much there. Yes. Yes. Um, So I went to her neurologist to ask about migraines, and he just said, it's hereditary. Your mom has them. Here's some medication. And I wasn't ready to accept that answer um, or be on medication. So I struggled probably for another five, six years thinking I could just handle it myself. And then um, around 2425 is when things started to get more intense. Symptoms were, you know, daily and more persistent. They started flu, cold-like. Um, and then it just honestly continued to spiral from there to the point where at that time I was a second and third grade teacher and I couldn't have a conversation with my students without getting extremely winded. And then I would start coughing and have coughing attacks where then I would start hyperventilating. And that was kind of one of the first signs for me that, Hey, this is, you know, bigger than I can handle. So I would go to doctors, I would look up tests online and I would say, I want you to run this, you know, why do I have constant dry mouth? Do I um, have this or that? And Mm -hmm. after a while, they kind of just looked at me and thought that I was crazy and prescribed anxiety meds, depression meds. um, Or they told me, well, you're, you're a new teacher. You just bought a house and you're planning a wedding. So you're exhausted. And I said, well, yes, I'm exhausted. I know this, but <laughs> <Thank> you, <laughs> great, great job. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> but I was like, no one goes from getting up at four 30 in the morning to work classroom for anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day. And then sometimes cross train after work. I was like, I wouldn't wish this upon anyone. So at one point I went into the doctor and I had a calendar of two to three months, I can't remember at this point, of daily symptoms, my temperature every day, because my temperature was always below um, average. Um, But I always felt like I had a fever, which I found out is very common with those with Lyme. So I was running a fever every day. Um, I wrote down everything I ate, how many hours I slept, how many ounces of water, um, any changes in mood, anything I could think of that I could put in front of them and say, what is going on? I can't match it up with food. I can't match it up with sleep. I can't match it up with stress. And then I didn't really get any answers until my cousin was diagnosed with Lyme. And she said, you need to go in. And so I went in and got the Western blot, which I later found out is not accurate. It's about 50% accurate, if that. Um, And that was negative. And I remember going, I was in my car and I just started sobbing because I thought for sure this was it. Like I've got it figured out and I'll move on and go from there. And I was, you know, dumbfounded. I thought it was that. And then I finally went to her doctor and I was diagnosed through muscle testing. So that's the, mm -hmm, the short version. And, and how devastating that is when you're dealing with so many different symptoms and so much time is going on and you know, at some point, did you ever feel like maybe I am crazy in the head? (laughs) Yeah, there were days where it went back and forth. So I would either be very gung ho and very determined. And I was like, if you don't believe me, get out of my way. Mm -hmm. And then there were days where the defeat would set in the loneliness, the isolation. And I was like, am I crazy? 
Mm -hmm. I was like, I always had it all together. I always had everything done ahead of time. I could always manage everything. I could go to the grocery store like a normal person. I'm like, why can't I figure out how to make a to-do list? So then all these things are like, well, maybe I am depressed. Maybe I do have anxiety. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I've never had it. So to all of a sudden to feel like I hit a brick wall was very strange. So yes, I went back and forth between both. I, I can only imagine. And much of your story sounds so familiar that, um, you know, I suffered from migraines, severe migraines and no answers, no answers. And then finally it was, well, you know, you're, we're going to prescribe you antidepressants. We're going to, you know, we're going to prescribe you psychotic, you know, psychotropic drugs. And it, it just was like, this is not solving anything. It didn't work, you know, and it's just, it wasn't solving anything. So um, kudos to you for having the persistence and to be marking down and journaling the way that you did um, to be able to present that to someone with all that correct information. Yeah, I, I was at the point where I didn't know what else to do. So I was willing to do anything to try to give some evidence because anytime I would go in, even when like the left side of my body was numb or I'd run into walls or um, my word recall was really bad. So I couldn't think of the name of things. So um, one example I often tell people is when I was teaching, I needed a student to grab a pencil or a pen. And I didn't know what that was called, but I could see it in my head. Like I could picture it. So I started describing it. I said, grab that thing you write with the thing that you can get rid of it after you write. Cause I couldn't think of the word and they thought it was funny. And so I could play it off, you know, only to get into my car later and just lose it and start crying. But they thought it was a joke and it kept their attention, mm -hmm. but you know, simple things I couldn't do. Yeah. I, I just, you know, so many of us that can't fathom yet, there's probably so many out listening that can, that can actually, you know, relate. So you got diagnosed and how old were you when you had your diagnosis? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you said so, but. Uh, let's see. I was, was I, it was either 29 or no, it was 30. I was 30 when I got my diagnosis. So in 2017, I got diagnosed and then I started treatment. Um, September of 2007. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Did I say 2017 I was diagnosed or did I say 13? 17, 17. Okay. Diagnosis in 17 started treatment in September of 2017 and then reached remission of August of 2018. That's fantastic. So talk to us about what the treatment consisted of for the Lyme disease. So first I'll back up a little bit. Um, okay. Before I started treatment, I saw two different Lyme literate practitioners mm -hmm. and one of the MDs, she told me that if I had not made the changes six to seven years prior to start ditching the toxins on our household, that I would be completely bedridden and in a wheelchair. And then my current Lyme doctor said the same thing. He goes, you have some serious neurological issues and had you not made the changes that you did, because he started asking me, you know, what do you eat? What are, you know, what products do you use? And so when I told him, he was really impressed and said, that's why, again, you are not, you know, in a wheelchair. Otherwise you wouldn't be walking in here today. So, so I'm sorry. We froze for just a second there. Um, tell me what, what, 
changes did you make then? So you, you were trying lots of different things throughout, you know, this is 10 years of your life Mm -hmm. um, of going through there. So tell me what, because we're all about removing toxins. So what were some of the changes that you made in your life? So it all started for me with essential oils. Um, I had a friend who knew that I struggled with headaches Mm -hmm. and migraines. And so she said, well, why don't you give these a try? See if it helps or see if it can help with, you know, nerves and supporting calming your body. And at that point I was like, I'll try anything. Like, I don't care what it is. Yes. It was very foreign to me. The, the word carrier oil, I was so confused. I thought it was like voodoo, like witchcraft (laughs) is weird stuff. And so I started and a lot of them helped. And I know that when I put something, I don't even remember what it was in the diffuser. I didn't mention anything to my husband because he's a nurse. So his world is very different than mine as far as health stuff. And he's like, smells good in here. And I was like, yep. I was like, I just want to make sure it smells good. And then the next morning he goes, what did you put in there? (laughs) I'm like, why? He goes, I was out cold in like two minutes. It was great. He goes, I'm so calm and I feel so good. And so that started my journey of listening to other people. Other people were talking about, you know, the cleaners in their home, um, laundry detergent, personal care products. And then I saw the movie Stink. Mm-hmm. S-T-I-N-K exclamation point for those who haven't seen the documentary. And it completely completely changed my world. I came home, threw everything out. um, And then from there, I started looking into our food. So I did that. And then I got into, you know, looking at detoxing and then it became EMFs and it became, okay, what is our cutting board? What is our, you know, cookware, um, water filters, you know, you name it. Well, I don't want to say everything. I've been trying a lot and I'm still open and still learning, but Mm -hmm almost everything I've ditched or found a safer solution until I find a even safer option. (laughs) And that, and that is so, you know, I love that, that your story went like that because I was introduced into this natural lifestyle, toxin-free lifestyle through essential oils as well. And my journey has been seven years and I believe, you know, I'm just learning things even today, I, you know, I'm, because I'm always researching, I'm always, you know, hearing from other people and just, what was it? Two weeks ago, I had on Wendy Myers with the Myers detox, Mm -hmm. um, great gal. And we were talking about, um, um, what's the term that she used for the water? Um, the, are you talking about the fluoride or the chlorine? No, no, not not the toxins in the water, but that you want to have water that is, oh, I can't think of the word. But it's not alkaline, right? No, it, well, it makes the water more alkaline um, or pH balance, but it's um, structured water. You want to make sure that you're drinking structured water because if we're just drinking good filtered water, you know, one of her questions to me was, how often are you going to the bathroom? I'm like, well, how often am I drinking a glass of water it, after every time I drink a glass of water mm-hmm. and I'm using the restroom? She said, yeah, because you're not drinking structured water. You filtered too much of the minerals out. And so without having that structured water, now your body's not able to absorb and use it. Interesting. I've never heard of that. So if you add, like I will add um, pink Himalayan salt mm-hmm. to my water or trace mineral drops, would that then be considered structured water or is that 
a different idea along the same lines? I do, I'm not versed enough. I'm just starting to dig into it to be able to give you a specific answer. I'm actually going to a biohacking conference at the end of this month. So I'll have a lot of answers when I get back from that. But along with the structured water, I learned about hydrogenized water as well, which is phenomenal for our bodies. And, um, and learning more uh, about that. I know the company that you get your essential oils from has a hydrogenized, and I highly recommend you get it. Okay. You, I haven't tried that one. That was always on my bucket list, but I didn't know if it was worth it. Yes. The, the feedback I get, I just, and I'm not to derail off of your story, but Hey, while we're talking <laughs> yes. tips Listeners, here's some tips for you. Um, a good, good friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer five years ago, and she went through chemotherapy and radiation, and then she spent the next two years um, really getting into biohacking and healing her body. And at one point, her breast cancer had metastasized into her spine, and she was actually paralyzed on the left side of her body. And one of the things that she learned to heal the body was hydrogen. So she did the hyperbaric. Uh, hyperbaric hyperbaric chambers but she also started using hydrogen as like oxygen for you know 15 minutes at a time during the course of the day and drinking the hydrogenized water and um, a year later she came back and there's no cancer in her spine whatsoever her she's 60 years old her cells test of that of a young 30 year old that is phenomenal isn't that amazing? That is really cool. And I just heard about the cell testing um, yeah. on, from a podcast not too long ago. Yeah. So I'm very interested in learning more. I've got some water coming in um, to get a bit of try while I'm waiting for my, my hydrogenized maker because I've ordered it. <laughs> okay. You know, because the, the water is expensive. I'm like, why would I do that? I'm just going to buy the, the maker. So when you get the, the hydro water bottle, how many ounces fit in there? And do you have to leave it in there for a certain length of time before you can drink it? I have no idea. I'm going to read the instructions when okay. I get it. But I, I want to say the one that I'm getting is like just under 16 ounces. Okay. Yep. So it'll be, it'll be a good test. We will have to just follow up. And listeners, we're, we're, we're getting the machine in. We're going to start using it. We'll do a follow-up podcast on it. How's that sound? Perfect. That's going to be my next question. <laughs> we will follow up with this one for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Now let's get back to your story. <laughs> I think anybody who's really tuning into my show knows how we go off on these little tangents here and there. And I think that's what makes it so real. And I hope you listeners think, feel the same way I do because this is just real life. <laughs> well, yes. And it's, then it's easy and you know comfortable because then I can ask questions because I didn't know about that. So that's awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. We're always learning new things. We never get to the epitome of knowing it all. There's so much. And, and the, the thing about that I enjoy is that we're, everybody is different. And I mean everybody, your body, your body is different than my body. And, and so th that's why there's so many different modalities, so many different people that can help in uh, healing in so many different ways, because what looks right for one may not be right for the next. 
Yes. Often people on Instagram or Facebook will come to me because they know that I'm in remission because I share my story Mm -hmm. and they'll ask, okay, what supplement can I take for this? And sometimes people get very frustrated with me when I explain to them, I said, each person is different. Everyone has bio-individuality and you have to take that in consideration. Even if we had the same co-infection, your body is going to respond differently. You have minerals that you're deficient in. My you know, deficiencies are different than yours. Mm-hmm. My food intolerances are different. Just my genetic makeup is different or the environment that I've been um, subjected to or environmental toxins accumulate or you know, ha- my body can handle it differently. So people will often be kind of bummed when I won't give them a specific supplement. Mm-hmm. For a specific instance. Now, there are some things, obviously, that help most people. Right. I don't want to generalize, but like, say, cod liver or some type of omega. Right. You know, most people can benefit from that. But if it's something specific, I don't ever feel comfortable saying, take this for this. Right. And a probiotic. A lot of people can benefit from a probiotic. But isn't it interesting, Ashley, that you are getting people asking you, hey, what supplement can I take? You know, that's, that goes to our traditional ways of treating our bodies. You know, we feel like, quote, our bodies are broken. And I'm using quote signs right now because our bodies are never really broken. We just have things that we need to heal with it. And so we, what do we do? We go to the doctor. We're given a prescription, you know, to treat that symptom, um, not treat the underlying illness, you know, our, our factor that's there, but to treat the symptom. And so we're, we're just geared to the pill, you know, and, and take a supplement. It's like, what about, how about I write you a prescription for a lifestyle change? Let's do that. (laughs) Well, and with a lifestyle change that is long-term, whereas one individual thing is, you know, I either want the quick fix or it's momentary, like in the moment. So at the beginning, when I started changing my diet, I was in the same mindset. I thought it could be done. You know, I'll do um, the candida diet for like 30, 60 days, maybe get three better. months max, and then I'll get better and I'll be fine. And yes, I'm at the point now where if I do indulge and cheat on some things, now my version of cheating is probably very different. It has to be organic. Um, gluten-free is something that I do not compromise on mm-hmm. um, unless it's by accident. And if it does happen by accident, because that has happened um, lately, where my body is strong enough where I don't have intense reactions for days like I used to. So I look at it as I'm doing my body a favor now so that if I encounter something that it's out of my control, that my body is strong enough to handle it, or it's strong enough to fight it so that I am not wiped out or knocked out for days, or sometimes it was weeks at a time. Right. And that's the, that's the great thing about, um, you know, like the toxin-free lifestyle, you know, look, we're never going to get rid of all the toxins where that we just are not. So what we can do is, is just one step at a time, one piece at a time. And the more we remove them, then the better off we're able to fight the rest of the toxins, you know, so we're not overloading our system with everything. Uh, you know, so I, I love that approach. Thanks for sharing that, Ashley. That's great. Of course. You bet. So where were we? (laughs) Story. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, So, okay. So you started removing toxins from your home. So we went down the whole holistic, you know, wellness and we started looking at the personal care products and that type of thing, but we're still not healed. But the doctor said, you know, wow, 
you know, had you not made those changes, you know, this would be a, a far different uh, scenario for you. Yeah, at that point, I still had a lot of a lot of symptoms started to go away, even when I changed my diet. But there was still neurological issues that I couldn't, you know, heal or um, account for. And so at that point, I knew that there's something still going on. So that's when I kept pushing for a diagnosis. And then I did Lyme Stop. So Lyme Stop is all one word. That okay. was a treatment I used. A lot of family members um, were a bit disappointed at the beginning. They thought that antibiotics were the cure-all. And I had this gut reaction that I couldn't touch them. There was something in me that said, don't do it. It will not be a good idea for you. And prior to that, I had been on antibiotics. Every time I would go in, they mm -hmm. would put me on like a Z-pack or steroids. And it sometimes it made me feel better for a little bit, but then I would completely tank. And after that, then my digestive issues got a lot worse, which I learned later. There's a direct correlation between those things. And um, antibiotics and steroids feed Lyme. And so they love it. Then they're multiplying. And then when they don't get it, they're unhappy. And so then they release more toxins within your body, which I later found out. So after, you know, dabbling in antibiotics for basic things before I had a diagnosis, once I was diagnosed and I read a lot of stories in support groups of those with late stage neurological Lyme like myself. Mm -hmm. And from what I was reading, there wasn't many stories of hope with antibiotics. And just given the path that I had started down, I knew that I couldn't do it. So I, at one point, sat my mom in front of the computer in the support group and I typed in um, late stage neurological Lyme or holistic approach and all these things and had her read it. And she goes, okay, I'm with you. Like, if you want to try this, I support you and I'm proud of you. You've done your research. So I did Lyme Stop. And so it's a holistic approach. In the idea, and there are scientific explanations for it online um, with cranial biotic technique, which is part of it. But um, the easy way to understand it is, so there's different points on your body that are often the same as um, points on for migraines. So like my neurologist would push right here and I would always like almost fall out of the chair, like okay. right here. She's pointing to... Oh, like, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. So where she's pointing to it is like just beyond like the rotator cuff on top of your shoulders, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And... Yeah. That little groove. Yep. Like that little hole in there. So mm -hmm. anytime I just would press there, I would almost fall out of my chair. And there's a similar um, pressure point on near your elbow and same thing and on my knees. And then I later found out with my Lyme doctor who does Lyme stop that those are very common Lyme points. So when you press on them and they're really tender, like they would almost make me want to vomit that that was because typically there's active infections there or it's very tender due to the infections within your body. Um, so within Lyme stop, they use magnets. Now I don't know what type of magnets they are, but they just look like a brick. And, um, he would hold, there would be held or moved on different parts of my body. And he would use muscle testing to find out where the infections were within my body. And then you press on different points and use the magnets. And the idea is to, um, activate your immune system to send it to different areas within your body to fight the infection naturally so that eventually your immune system becomes strong enough to fight it on its own later. So you're helping it identify where it should go to fight. And wow. along with that, he tested for deficiencies, um, any food intolerances that I had, 
And then I was put on supplements based on the infections that I had and deficiencies I had. Mm-hmm. And then eventually as my um, co-infections, cause I started with Lyme and 30 co-infections. So as they um, slowly got to remission, then my supplements would lessen and lessen. Cause ideally they don't want you on that many supplements forever. It's just to help your body get to the point where it can right. do it on its own. Cause everyone's body is designed to heal. You're designed to feel well. It's sometimes you need help to get there and then you want the body to do it on its own. Hey there. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand that, hey, we're not all scientists and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know. From essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is, Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there, they're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you wanna shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. And that's the, that's the thing too, is sometimes we just need that jump start. We need the help until we get healthy enough for it to, to work on its own. So, you know, great tip on that. Um, so we went through the line stop. Uh, treatments. How long did those take then? Because you said you started your treatments in September of 17? Correct. And then so, you, you were in full remission by August? Of 2018. So just not quite a year later. Correct. Yep. And he did, my doctor did say because of the work that I did before to um, remove the toxins and open up my detox pathways, and get my lymph moving that he said that made a huge difference for you. He goes, typically someone with, you know, Lyme as severe as yours, it would have taken, you know, double or triple the amount of time, but he goes, you've done the work ahead of time. And he's like, I don't have to worry about you going home. I know you're going to do the work. I know you already know how to detox. Um, he's like, you already see a chiropractor regularly, you know, you're doing the work. Um, but initially treatment was, um, when I did it, it's changed a little bit, but it was, over um, five days, it might have been four, I'm not sure. Um, and I did one hour each day. So it ended up being five one hour appointments over five days. And then um, I was sent home with the supplements. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went back every three months until I got to remission. And each time I would go back, I would get rechecked to find out what um, infections that I had, um, any deficiencies I had, recheck supplements. And then eventually the supplements would become less and less. And I still go back at this point every six months just to, for peace of mind, I want to know that my body is doing what it should. And if there's anything that happens to crop back up, especially if it's stressful, because there's a lot of things that can change chronic illness and I just don't want any surprises. <laughs> yeah, no. And you're so proactive with your health. Wait, you know, that is fantastic. What kind of practitioner did you seek out to provide the line stop, this type of therapy? 
So LimeStop is done by two chiropractors within the U.S. Only two doctors actually do this treatment. Other, there are other chiropractors or doctors that might do um, cranial biotic technique, which uses um, magnets as well. Um, but because I knew that I wasn't going to go the antibiotic route and I didn't have a CDC diagnosis because I've never had a positive blood test, um, for me, it didn't matter, you know, if it was an MD or not. I had a family member who, you know, did Lyme stop and she was bedridden at the at that time. And so I waited until she was six months into it and I saw her getting better. I saw her being able to go to school or do some activities. So that's when I said, okay, I'll give this a try. It was that, or I had looked into going to Germany to doing, um, to do some holistic treatment there, but that was far more expensive. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just you got your travel on top of that. So talk to us about, um, one of the things that you talk about, uh, you talked about the Lyme stop. Lyme is often referred to as the great imitator. And we alluded to that way back at the beginning of our story. And I'd like to our audience to hear a little bit more about that because didn't you say, was it what yourself or another family member that was mis, misdiagnosed? My mom. mom. Yep. She was misdiagnosed with MS um, for, well, now it'd be like 18, 19 years. Um, and so I was starting to show a lot of symptoms that she had. The only difference was that anytime I went to her neurologist, I could do the, like the, the vision test, the walking test, the pointing, I could do it fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was never, they didn't think anything of it. Um, so when I finally got my diagnosis, my Lyme doctor asked about the health of my mom Mm -hmm. and any siblings I had. And I thought that was odd. I didn't know why. And I said, well, my mom has MS, but considering how long she's had it, she's doing fairly well. Um, she's on injections and, you know, it stopped the progression. And he said, she has Lyme. Well, I don't think he said she has Lyme. He said she likely has Lyme. She needs to come in right away. And at that point, this was kind of new to me. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll let her know. And then (laughs) he asked about, yeah, like "Eh," um, siblings. And so I mentioned my sister's health Mm -hmm. and her issues with allergies and asthma to the point where she's almost died from it. And he said, it's being exasperated. She likely has Lyme and that's causing more issues for her. She needs to come in to be tested. So I convinced them both to come in. And um, when my mom was diagnosed, actually, we have a really good relationship where we can joke around. Mm -hmm. And I said, ha, I wasn't losing my mind. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, (laughs) because for a while she's like, "Eh, no, like this is really far-fetched. You know, this is very different from how we grew up, you know, holistic medicine is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, But so they both were diagnosed. And then based on symptoms, he said, um, I can't obviously guarantee, but it's very likely that you both got it in utero from your mom. And we have other family members who have passed it in utero as well, likely not a hundred percent confirmed, but so more, more likely than not. So yes. I, I asked this question because I was just reading an article fairly recently about Chris Christopherson mm-hmm. and that he was actually being treated for Alzheimer's for quite some time. He, I don't know if you know who Chris Christopherson is, but he's a you know country Western singer. And um, then he got, he um, was actually diagnosed with Lyme disease. And once they started treating him for Lyme disease, then he went right back to 
his normal self. It was not an Alzheimer's diagnosis at all. Yes, which is from what I've been reading and people that I've talked to, it's very, very common. Um, ALS, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, Bell's palsy, chronic fatigue is another one that stands out. And I actually had a friend recently who had a lot of things going on and she couldn't find any answers. And And I'm going to butcher how to say this, but Sigourns, the disease where your mouth is really dry all the time. Mm, 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 um, it's S J O R something. So I apologize for, um, likely mispronouncing it, but she was diagnosed with that. Okay. And I said, I, I had all those symptoms. I said, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. I said, but it's very, very likely that you have Lyme disease. And, um, I gave her some information and I said, I'm here to talk if you want to, because I'm working on not word vomiting and sharing everything I know, because I know so much that oftentimes I'll look like, I can look at people in the grocery store and I'm like, okay, this could be potential like hypothyroidism or like this could be happening. Or, and so I have to work really hard to share things without right. intimidating or overwhelming people. So, and eventually she did, she went to my Lyme doctor and she is also very sick. And she said, no one would have ever known or told me that she was, I had no idea because I was never bit. And I said, it doesn't matter if you're a bit. Cause a lot of times people don't know Yeah, you don't feel it ticks. Um, when they bite you, they are able to, they secrete a numbing agent. So oftentimes you don't feel it. And most people don't get a rash. Um, right. or if you do, it's not a bullseye rash. Um, my Lyme doctor said, um, typically you don't get a rash until it's a second or a third infection, like the bullseye rash. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime someone tells me they had a bullseye, I'm like, okay, we need to get ahead of this. <laughs> you definitely have. So when you go, because, you know, listening to the different symptoms, you know, that, that come about because of Lyme disease and how it can mimic, you know, so many other diseases, um, many of our listeners might be saying, wow, you know, maybe this is something that I should be tested for, that I'm not getting treated for the right thing. And so what kind of test do we want them to be taking? Because you were talking about a test earlier that is only about 50% accurate. Correct. So I have learned, so um, oftentimes doctors um, won't give you the Western blot right away, which is a blood test. So I had to push for that. And I actually lied and said that I saw a tick on me and I had a rash at one point just so that I could get the blood test, even though I knew that was about 50% accurate. Oftentimes they will try to give you um, the ELISA first. And again, I would say skip that, go right to the Western blot, um, which insurance likely will cover. But even with that, getting a negative on the Western blot does not mean you don't have Lyme disease or co-infections because I've never had a positive blood test. Um, I know the company called Igenics is a better option, I-G-E-X, I believe, um, or Vibrant America is also starting to offer um, blood testing for Lyme and co-infections. The one thing I would say is really, really important is if you suspect Lyme, I would find a Lyme literate practitioner because typical doctors, unfortunately, are not being given updated and correct information from the CDC on how to test, treat, or diagnose. So I would find a Lyme literate practitioner if you can um, and go to them because they're really going to know how to actually um, test and diagnose for it. Because many doctors will just test you for Lyme and say, okay, you don't have it, but so you may have 
co-infections and not have Lyme because ticks can carry Lyme or hundreds of other infections and you may get some or others. And so it's never, it's kind of like Russian roulette. You don't know what you're going to get. Right. Right. So when you say, um, make sure you're finding a Lyme literate uh, Mm -hmm. physician. So we have listeners all over the world. And I know that you, in our introduction, you are a volunteer for the Twin Cities Lyme Foundation. Are there Lyme foundations kind of across the U.S. and abroad where this might be a good avenue to check uh, for a listing of, of local physicians or not? Yep. There's different organizations throughout the U.S. and a lot of times they will work hand in hand and kind of work together. Um, So you could find um, like Twin Cities Lyme Foundation on their website. They actually have like a little quiz questionnaire that you can take with your symptoms to see if you are presenting symptoms of Lyme. It obviously is not going to be a diagnosis, but it's a starting place. Um, or there's other organizations online. I connect with a lot of organizations on Instagram. Um, so that's a good place to either type in Lyme. Um, Global Lyme Alliance is another one. So that's another good place to look. Um, or just connect with other people on Instagram or even Facebook. There's different support groups where you can ask people where they live and who they are being treated by. And then you can get a, you know, a perspective from someone who is being treated by that doctor on whether or not they found it beneficial. Now, again, there's not one treatment for every single person that is going to work. But a good support group on Facebook is called High Vibe Chronic Lyme. And oftentimes some of the support groups can be really sad and angry because people are going through some really, really difficult things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would suggest that one just because it's more upbeat. People are very supportive of each other. And that I think is crucial when you're going through a situation like this. Sure, absolutely. And you, I I saw that you posted something on your Instagram, stuck emotions can cause physical symptoms. And I liked that because so many times we're so busy treating the physical symptoms that we forget about the emotional mental part of what we're going through. So, you know, what a great segue into talking about, you know, how, how were you coming through this emotionally and mentally? Did, you know, I know we've talked to, uh, during some low points, but, you know, talk to us about how that was for you as well. So during the toughest parts of my journey, I wasn't able to address any of the emotions just because any energy I had was so focused on all the physical pain that I was enduring 24 seven. So I wasn't able to even honestly con- cognitively comprehend emotions. I was numb inside. I didn't have enjoyment or excitement for anything. I didn't know how to have a relationship. Um, I was a shell. There, there wasn't anything to me. Um, and I was, I had, um, I'm trying to I'm blanking on the word depersonalization and desensitization. So I was, I had the physical body, but my physical and emotional body were not connected because oftentimes I literally could feel like I was standing right next to my body watching my life happen, but there was no connection between anything. Um, So until I was able to get rid of some of the neurological things going on in the physical symptoms, um, it wasn't until that went away that I could really then dive into the emotional healing and try to get past any PTSD that I had. Right. Um, 
and try to repair relationships, learn how to have a relationship again, learn how to feel emotions, learn how to trust myself, you know, basic things that most people do daily. I had to learn how to do again or walk myself through, you know, this is how you have a genuine conversation. This is how you show empathy, you know, basic things were now new topics to me. Isn't that, I I just, my brain can't even, you know, wrap around that, Um, you know, so many things. So uh, again, we've got all the physical things and then you got to tack on because it's such a neurological issue. We've got all of that left to deal with. So is, um, talk to me about the last thing I want to go through. And then if you've got other points that you want to bring up, please do so. But I read something on your um, page about MFT. Um, morph, is it morphogenic field technique? Yep. What's so morph- that? So the idea behind it, and there is, there's far more scientific um, versions of it, but everyone's body has energy and frequencies and, um, what you're doing with it is it's similar to muscle testing. You know, some people will look at it and say, okay, it's just muscle testing, but it's more than that. So you're asking the body what it needs and what it wants to talk about. So everyone's body will, like we said earlier, reacts to things differently. So Mm -hmm. you can't go into it saying, okay, it's a one size fits all. So each person would be for different things to find out, okay, this is the situation, or if you want to call it a problem that arises right now, that is the highest on your body's priority list that it wants to talk about. And then from there you can, you know, go into, okay, what supplements can help it. Or if someone needs to discuss dietary things, or if they need to discuss toxin load, you can go there too, just depending on what arises within that session. So once you do that, then you can dip into the emotional aspect of it. And you can do a lot of emotional healing and clearing with it. Um, which if you would have asked me years ago, I would have thought it was crazy and it doesn't work. And um, in one of my more recent MFT sessions with um, Twin Life Chiropractic, they were asking me about fear. And I was like, well, I don't have any fear. Like there's nothing that I can think of right now that I'm scared of. And she said, no, think about fear like five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I said, the first thing that comes to mind is, am I ever going to get better? Right. And she goes, that's the, that's your fear right now that's coming out. And so she'll, she was touching on different points on my stomach. And at one point she was pressing on something and I looked at her and she goes, you feel like you're going to vomit, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she said, that's the stuck emotion that's being held right now within your, in your abdomen. And so she did a few different things and pressed on it and did um, some different movements. Um, And then all of a sudden it felt like someone had taken a ball of sludge out of my abdomen and completely pulled it out and just dropped it on the floor because there was an instant sense of relief. My body felt lighter. My head felt clear. I don't know how to describe it other than someone took sludge out of my body and threw it away. It was phenomenal and fascinating. I That sounds fantastic. And I want to check into that. I know back in Des Moines, when I was there, we had a gal that did a lot of practicing where um, you're on a massage table, but she would bring different supplements and different things mm-hmm. around to your body and was able to, you know, test your body to see if this is something that you needed. And then I also learned uh, the sway test. 
which yep. is a, similar to muscle testing, that I, I like the sway test because it's something I was able to teach my grandchildren once they get a little bit older and not very old. You know, mm-hmm. I have five-year-old grandkids that can do the sway test and know what their body needs. So when you talk to somebody, but I remember learning about that thinking, so I'm going to ask my body. <laughs> what it needs and it's going to tell me, right? It was like, I just thought that was so hoo-hoo, you know, that is, okay, come on. Yes. That's, that's, but it's, it does work. It's crazy. Yes. It's, I thought it was the strangest thing, but, um, cause my line doctor does something similar to muscle testing. It's a little bit different. Each form is a little different, right? but he didn't look at any of my paperwork before. And I brought it in with me. He said, okay, I want you to hold on to your paperwork. I'm going to do a few different tests and I'm going to tell you based on what I find. And then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Cause I, he's used to people coming in and being very skeptical. Sure. And within five minutes, he rattled off almost every single symptom that I had and he could pinpoint like, okay, the symptoms typically worse than this one, this one, or this one. And I was blown away. And so same with MFT where, like you said, you can have a supplement next to you and they will muscle test your arm and, or you'll hold a vial and they can Mm -hmm. muscle test it and find out if that, you know, that supplement is good for your body. So even sometimes I'll bring in certain um, like lotions or personal Mm -hmm. care products because everyone's different. There may be, it may have all the ingredients that my body can handle, but I'll bring it in and they're like, nope, there's something in there that your body doesn't want or doesn't like. So then I'll just get something else. But it's, it's phenomenal because there's been times where I haven't listened and I test things out and I kind of push, you know, push the boundaries. Yep. And then I will be like, okay, nope, there was something in there that my body didn't want because I'll have a slight reaction or Mm -hmm. something. And so, no, it's amazing. It, it, it's phenomenal. I remember years ago, the big talk and, and the thing that everybody was doing was the master cleanse. And I tried to do the master cleanse and I was just getting, I was getting really, really sick. And I went to Susan Darrington and she started working with me and she's like, oh, honey, no, no, no. You need to stop what you're doing. Your body, your body can't handle, you know, this cleanse. So I'm like, oh, well, it's been telling me that, you know, and we just choose not to listen sometimes to those symptoms. Which is so funny because I did the same thing with celery juice because that was, that's been a big thing. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. You know, it's all organic. It's not going to hurt me. Right. But, and it didn't hurt me per se. It just, I didn't feel any differently. So it didn't make me feel bad, but for having to drink it, it one, it wasn't good, but it didn't do anything for my body. So I went to work with like my celery juice because um, And I asked them, I said, will you test me for this? Mm-hmm. And um, they tested me and they said, it doesn't hurt you, but your body doesn't want it. And so then we tested beets and carrots and my body really needed beet juice, which makes sense now that I did more research into it based on you know what was going on. But yeah, so it's phenomenal. I, I adore that kind of testing because we're not guessing. You know, we're taking all of the guesswork out of it. It's, it's getting really specific. Well, I'm going to leave the end of the interview um, to you. You know, are there things that you feel like we haven't brought out, you know, from your story or things that you want the listeners to, to really know final thoughts? I would just say that if you are in the process or you want to change your lifestyle, um, I personally would recommend starting with food or if you're going to do products in your home, pick one or two things to start with. 
-hmm. Try not to overwhelm yourself. There is trial and error. You know, you might have to try one or two products before you find something that you like or that your body resonates with. So try not to put the pressure on yourself because stress is, you know, terrible for the body. So pick one or two things. You will get there. You are making the effort. And to all those going through either Lyme, chronic illness, or whatever your journey is that involves suffering, just know that you are worth getting to whatever your endpoint looks like, whether that's remission or whatever it is that you want, you're worth it. Keep going. Try to find those around you that either have the similar situation. Um, because I know for Lyme disease, it was very isolating. I felt very alone. Um, I looked fine for the most part on the outside until I started losing you know, a lot of weight and losing hair. Um, so I looked fine. So for me, it was hard because I didn't feel that I had anyone that truly understand or understood it. So try to find those that you can relate to whether or not you know them. Social media is a great way to connect with those that are going through something similar um, so that you have someone, you know, to share ideas with or vent to or things like that so that you can get to your end goal or you can get to your remission, whatever that looks like for you. Those are wonderful, wonderful tips. Now, how can our listeners connect with you? So I don't have a website or anything because I'm not actually practicing. I went to school and now I just want to breathe and enjoy life and finally calm because I am not very good at just relaxing. Um, so my main source would be Instagram. Okay. So I'll say the whole thing and then I can spell it out. It is www.instagram.com backslash OLSO2214. Fantastic. And is that the easiest way for people to connect with you? Yep. I'm also on um, Facebook, but because I'm not, my, my entire profile is not public. When people send me messages, I often don't see it for days. So Instagram is the easiest. Okay, perfect. And you can um, direct message right on Instagram too, yep. um, you know, to connect with Ashley. So Ashley, um, I am so glad. <laughs> this is quite the story. And I am sitting here looking at a very vibrant young woman right now. So um like she said, there's hope and we just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and um, just take it a step at a time. So Ashley, thank you for sharing your story and I appreciate you being here with us tonight. Well, and thank you for having me and thank you for putting up with my technology snafus earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun. It's all fun. <laughs> That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one -on -one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.